Hey, welcome to episode three of TV Junk. This is Moon Knight. Damn that television. What a bad picture. My name is Greg. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to follow us on our uh, Twitter, uh, TV Junk Podcast. And of course, all your comments, questions, and suggestions uh, can uh, be sent to tvjunkpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on the pod today, we've got uh, the other half. Of the Drunkles, the man behind Forest Folk, with two <laughs> successful Kickstarters, and the guy that turned me into an otter in some amazing, incredible, original art. It's Mr. Dax Gordine. Dax, <laughs> wow. how you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you for that. That was a nice uh, intro. Um, yeah, no. Let's let me let's remind people though that you commissioned that otter drawing, so that was all you. It was right. all you. I, I didn't have this brilliant idea to do that. I think you uh, you fostered that and i just it instantly had an idea to do it so i'm glad you like it thank you for supporting the uh the, the uh kickstarter too i appreciate it that was really awesome of you so glad to be here otters uh, uh, tv junk tv junk let's that's do right. this that's all right otters float on their back and they do amazing human things with their hands like they're the greatest oh, of the woodland creatures they're adorable for sure that's why i have an, an otter in mind even though he's a bit dummy but i just thought it was fun to have an otter who can't swim thought it was a nice uh juxtaposition of reality or whatever you call that oxymoron or something also on the show today we've got uh, archie comics cover artist and uh, we appeared together on the lost christopher nolan podcast on film junk uh, mr nuno Pereira. nuno how's it going i'm doing good thanks for having me it's uh, it's nice to join the uh the junk multiverse by being <laughs> on tv junk <laughs> Yeah, I guess it is uh, a multiverse. That seems to be uh, where uh, every film franchise is going right now. Um, you know, we also wanted to uh, uh, balance the the scales of this podcast so that that Egyptian hippo goddess can return us to the land of the living. We were going to have Scott Young on the show. Uh, unfortunately, he had some uh, family uh, commitments to take care of, uh, but we'll definitely get Scotty on uh, a, a future episode. I thought, you know, doing the uh, an MCU show with three comic book artists would be pretty cool. And I grew up a, a huge comic book nerd and I thought uh, that would be a great idea, but we got two awesome uh, guests and we're going to talk about uh, Moon Knight. Um, but since we do have artists on this pod, wanted to dedicate this episode to Neil Adams and George Perez, uh, two legends uh, we recently lost. And uh, like I grew up with both of those guys and uh, just some of my, uh, two of my favorite artists, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, Incredible stuff like George Perez's Crisis on Infinite Earths is legendary. Um, you know, he was the guy that they picked to do uh, the JLA Avengers crossover um, because he's the he's the guy that can do these amazing splash pages with hundreds of characters and and make it look beautiful. And and Neil Adams, his uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow run in on DC Comics was uh, some of the earliest stuff that I read, and. Um, yeah, it's a it's a shame, but uh, wanted to give a shout out to those two guys. I'm I'm sure both of you are very familiar. Yeah, and you know what? And both of them were they're both artists, artists. Like if you were, if if you get into it, if you get into drawing, and you like someone who has a really naturalistic, um, kind of like realistic approach, like their stuff was so effortless, effortlessly, like good and realistic that. You didn't really notice it. It just always looked perfect. You know, like they were, they were just top, top of the field, I think. Well said. I, I can't say it any better than that, really. Both of you guys did a good job. 
So, uh, before we, uh, we get into discussing, uh, the show, um, I kind of wanted to do a, a, like a bit of a rundown on, on Moon Knight from the comics and kind of his history. He was created by a writer, uh, Doug Munch. Is it Munch? Do you know, do you know I'm if that's sh- the, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Either. You know, it's cause you know, didn't have a Google back when I was growing up. And so a <laughs> lot of these artists and writer names, I just, they, however they pronounced in my head is, is how they uh, stuck. Uh, but artist Don Perlin that uh, created Moon Knight back in uh, 1975. Uh, he first appeared in Marvel Comics Werewolf by Night, issue number uh, 32. And the background of the character from the comics, Mark Spector, the son of a rabbi, he served as a, a force recon marine and uh, also briefly a CIA operative before he became a mercenary. And uh, during a job in the Sudan, um, uh, Marx is betrayed by a fellow mercenary named uh, Raoul Bushman. Um, and uh, after fighting Bushman and being left for dead, uh, he's uh, left at an altar and Conchu uh, uh, shows up, an Egyptian moon god, and uh, Mark Spector is fully revived, fully healed, and Conchu uh, uh, wants him to be his moon knight uh or his fist of Konshu, and he wants to uh redeem his life by uh by uh, use uh using his life of violence and uh he wants to protect and avenge uh, the innocent and uh, you know there's a whole crazy uh um, long backstory that's been retconned by a bunch of different artists uh, throughout the years but he's had three other identities um stephen grant uh jake lockley and of course the uh, mr knight the one that wears the suit um and then later on uh earlier on he kind of they said that he was schizophrenic and then they kind of changed that to the dissociative identity disorder and uh and then that's uh how he alters between uh, Stephen grant and jake lockley so uh, i wanted to know uh what your guys familiarity with uh, moon knight uh was from the comics like uh, dax did you uh re- when you grew up reading comics like did you ever read any any of the moon knight stuff I didn't read a thing about Moon Knight, so I know nothing about, like, what you just told me was the most actual, other than the series, was my kind of being brought into the Moon Knight world. So, I mean, the only thing I did know is, as you know, with my dad being, like, having the comics around and stuff like that, like, I remember being very aware of Stephen Platt, which made his, I believe, his uh, breakout appearance in Moon Knight uh, drawing that series. Now, um that's where I remember because my, those those ones went through the roof price wise, and so my yes. dad told me pull all those ones out, pull them out, pull them out. We're gonna save <laughs> those. Um, so I remember seeing that art and being like, "Oh, this is really cool." And then I believe did, what did Platt go on to do? Was it Pitt? No, that's Keown. Did, what did yeah, Platt did, go on yeah. to do in in uh, Image? I thought he did. He, he probably you know? did. Every everybody that was uh, yeah popular anyway. at the time. That's all I know uh, about Moon Knight. So uh, I thought that those kind of covers were cool and stuff like that, but I didn't do a lot of comic reading when I was a kid. So if it wasn't X-Men or Spider-Man or, you know, stuff like that, I wasn't really reading it. So, yeah, I I did not get that much into uh, Moon Knight back in the day. Stephen Platt had uh, his his signature was was Splat. Right, right. And I always thought that was uh, 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 kind of funny. Uh, Nuno, what about you? Um, I grew up reading Marvel comics, but it was mostly, it was actually just X-Men, all the X-Men, um, uh, spinoffs and Spider-Man. But I think I had a Moon Knight trading card 
from like the 1990. Like, <laughs> I think I had the entire set. So I think that's where I first, you know, I read the back. I learned about the, you know, multiple personality or uh, dissociative uh, personality disorder. Um, and I always heard, you know, rumblings of people who collected, who were always excited every time Moon Knight was being relaunched. Like people would say, oh, he's he's Marvel's Batman. And I was a big Batman fan. But I think I read my first Moon Knight comic last summer. I collected, I picked, picked up two trades. Um, I think they're both published in 2018. I think it was uh, Welcome to New Egypt by uh, Jeff Lemire, a Canadian writer and creator of Sweet Tooth, and uh, Greg Smallwood on the art. I think a lot of the elements, visual elements from that series, kind of inspired some of the stuff in the MCU uh, Disney Plus series. And then I read another series um, by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev. And uh, that one was very much about him taking on different personalities and you not knowing what was real. Like, uh, yeah. So that was my only introduction to Moon Knight. There wasn't a lot of backstory. It was kind of like these series were um, just kind of dropping you into the Moon Knight universe. For uh, for me, um, growing up, uh, um, my mom used to always get me a... Uh, one or two comic books uh when uh, we went to the grocery store and so i think it was about six or seven and uh and moon knight number one was was uh in the rack there and uh it just had a really cool cover he looked cool he had the white and the hood and uh you know i remember reading it and not having a fucking clue about what was going on in this story i mean with the the personalities and the different identities and then i i kind of didn't really have anything to do with moon knight until um for like 20 issues he joined like the west coast avengers in a in an odd uh storyline because i was a big avengers guy and i had a, a a long run in uh in that series and uh um, like I, I can't remember why he he joined the team. He had to go back like two thousand years in the past to rescue the Avengers, and um, um, Hawkeye ended up making him um, some new weapons. And then it turned out that uh, Khonshu manipulated him to joining the group for some specific reason. Then he just up and quit. And then Moon Knight kind of disappeared from anything that I particularly uh, cared about in comics for quite some time. And I think it was that when when uh, Stephen Platt started um, doing the art and then everybody was talking about how amazing the art was done the art was amazing uh, but uh, I mean it, those the 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 cost of those comics uh, went up specifically just because of the the actual artwork and not not because of the like the stories were were great so but uh, um, how surprised were you uh, uh, when they announced that Moon Knight would be getting a show on Disney plus you know, you go ahead. Take you can take the. Um, I was I was pretty excited. I, I I felt like he was the kind of character that maybe wouldn't support a movie franchise, but I liked the idea that they were, you know, the first few Disney Plus series were all essentially sequels um, and following characters that we've already met in the films. So um, I I think he's a good character to start introducing. Um, original characters and original stories on Disney Plus. And uh, when I heard that Oscar Isaac was cast, I thought that was pretty awesome. And I think that's when I started reading. I started picking up whatever Moon Knight stuff I could find 
at my local shop just like in trade paperback because I was thinking, I honestly don't know that much about this guy. And I keep on hearing rave stuff about Moon Knight comics. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I, I was neither, obviously, because I don't, you know, Moon Knight's not my guy. I, I wasn't, you know, overly chuffed or I wasn't upset about it. You know, I just, I, I, I like these, this new Disney approach to TV making, you know, like making the Marvel shows and the Star Wars shows. Um, I think so far, because, oh, Hawkeye is done, right? Yeah, because Moon Knight's yeah, after that. So I think I was, uh, I liked Hawkeye and I remember liking bits of the other series before. And I was just kind of ready for this next one to kind of sink my teeth into. And I was, I, I, I remember hearing that it was like six episodes and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like the Hawkeye, I think that's, did Hawkeye started with six episodes, like shortening the, the amount of episodes per season or have all the Marvel ones been six? Uh, no, they've all been six except for WandaVision. Oh, okay. Maybe it's Wanda felt long. Okay. Well, either way, I was just like, okay, six is cool, you know, and, and uh, Oscar Isaac, I was like, intrigued by, I remember seeing one of the, they did like a video of like his training, you know, like how it shows him in the, in the big gym training to do the fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, and I was like, okay, uh, let's see where this goes, you know? Um, uh, and yeah, no, so other than that, as far as, you know, before seeing it, I was just awaiting it and excited to get another thing to watch. So. so Moon Knight is it's on Disney Plus stars Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. Uh, head writer is Jeremy Slater. It's directed by Mohammed uh, Dihab. So now that we're um, you know into phase four uh, of the MCU, um, we're getting a lot of uh, being introduced to a lot of new characters. Like we were introduced to uh, Yelena Belova and Kate Bishop and uh, Echo. Um, but like with Moon Knight, um, like we're not really getting that that origin story. Like Moon Knight's kind of been operating for a while, um, you know, just obviously not uh, prevalent in the MCU. But like uh, like we're not we're watching after he's kind of been doing his thing for for quite some time now, um, and we get the origin uh, story told in flashbacks. It's kind of a a different thing for how the MCU is going on right now because everything else that we've been getting for the most part has been um like new characters and and you know shang chi and the eternals and things like that so um how do you think that uh um like where do you think like moon knight kind of fits in in the mcu um i i felt very much in the beginning, like the first episode, I will say I really enjoyed like a lot. And I liked it so much because I felt it was so different. And like just stylistically and how the story was being told and stuff of like that to me of how the other series have been. So I felt like it was very kind of compartmentalized in its own kind of cool little world, you know, kind of like how it was like his apartment is this eclectic kind of mix of stuff. That's how the show felt to me. Like it, I was, I was digging that. And so I've never really thought of it as being part of the MCU up to this point. You know what I mean? So that's actually interesting because if they pull him into other things, that might be kind of cool. Cause I like, I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm a nerd like that. I know some people like poo poo, like those like, Oh, they're doing fan service by bringing this guy here and this girl here. I like that. That's the stuff about these movies that gets me excited. Right. Like seeing the people that now I've learned about, like I'm pumped to see daredevil and, you know, and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I wasn't really even thinking about him in the MCU, but I don't have a problem with it at this point. It seems like he can hold his own against certain things. So, because, like, because like the show, um, 
Like it, it clearly doesn't concern itself with anything else that is that's happened. Like there was no, no. Uh, references to the the blip or the snap yeah. or to Thanos and. Uh, yeah. I think there was one, uh, as far as I could tell, there was, there was one little Easter egg where there was, uh, uh, a poster for that, uh, uh, the, that relocation group that was in Falcon and the winter soldier, you know, where okay. they were, there was like a poster for that on a wall somewhere. I can't remember if he was even in London or in Cairo, but like, that's really the, the only thing that they, uh, even had as far as I could tell, as as far as any other connection to the MCU. So, uh, Nuno, where do you think Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight's going to uh, like? Where does he fit? Um, well, with the first season, I was uh, I was surprised how um, just with the the very brief experience I had with reading the comic, he was always very much a a street level vigilante uh, operating in like most Marvel series in New York. So I. I didn't know what to expect because they completely uprooted the character. Like, you know, in his civilian life, when you first meet him, he's Stephen Grant, um, primarily Stephen Grant. And his Mark Spector identity is kind of, you know, in the backseat for maybe the first half of the series, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, so where does he fit in? Um, I, 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 I liked how it started off with like, it was very, you know, had kind of like a lighter comedic quality to it when it started. And I think that's that's what MCU is going to now when they have to, I think it's their fallback and it works when they need to explain maybe a high concept or a strange concept. Like Ant-Man seems kind of like a weird idea, but I think it works when it's comedic, like... You know, sure. you want to make something cinematic. Um, I think Thor Ragnarok worked with the character because there was a comedic element and it just highlighted every time there was action and emotion. It kind of, it wasn't taking itself too seriously. And um, I saw that with Moon Knight for the first half. And then the second half gets a bit darker, um, a bit more to the Moon Knight roots that maybe I'm familiar with. So, um, yeah, where does he fit in? I mean, going into the series, I kind of felt like, in my mind, I thought, oh, he kind of fits in with, like, the Daredevil level. Maybe because of the comics I read happen to have Daredevil and the character Echo from Hawkeye is kind of like a sometimes partner of Moon Knight in the comic. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'd like to see the second... I wanted to come back for second season, and if it does... I want to see if they can do more of like um, more of a grounded, maybe like less fighting like, in New York kind of stuff. Yeah, or like maybe maybe it doesn't have to be New York, but maybe less less mythology. But at the same time, I kind of like that they're doing the unexpected, like talking to people who are really into Moon Knight. This surprised them. Like I don't I don't know if the comics really go into a lot of the. Conchu is actually embodying embodying him with like supernatural uh, uh, abilities and elements. I think in the comic, you're still left questioning whether he's sane or not, whether these voices are actually there. I think it's a bit it's a bit more grounded that way. But at the same time, they went with it. They went all out with the whole, you know, e uh, Egyptian mythology, and uh, 
I liked it. So, yeah. So the the show, I think it kind of uh, there's like three different arcs, and I think we'll probably um, talk about each one individually. Like the like the first two episodes are kind of the like uh, the London arc and then the next two episodes are kind of all in like cairo and then the the last two is you know a lot of the mental hospital uh kind of stuff so they kind of separated in in that way so in in the first arc in london you know we're, we're introduced to uh first we're introduced to uh stephen grant and um you know he, he's this this bumbling uh shy uh introvert who who works at a museum and um you know like he's not exactly someone that we we think of when we think of like superhero or you know a character in the MCU and um you know like he's he's chained himself to his bed um he's got like the sand going all around him and the the, the tape on the door and uh, he's just kind of this this manic character that's that gets a uh, pushed around uh by his boss at at the museum and you know all he wants to do is is kind of be like the tour guide because he knows everything about uh the egyptian uh, gods and and all that so like what were your um first thoughts when you're you're introduced to uh stephen grant um i i really like stephen grant like i said the first um episode i thought was really cool it felt really fresh and different um i thought his accent was amazing. Now I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't do much research into this, but I was talking to somebody while I was watching. I'm like, is like, is this his actual accent? Like, is this how, like, is this where he's from or is this an accent that he's putting on? And uh, I still haven't found out for real, but either way, I think the character's great. Um, I, uh, I, uh, I mean, you, you always kind of find it kind of side with that, you know, bumbling, lovable idiot. You know what I mean? The, the hopeless, uh, hopelessly happy wants the best in things, you know, kind of personality and uh i really thought that the first episode and him kind of um uh letting us into we start to see by the end what kind of these these problems he's having with this alter ego or whatnot that's taking control of him see again i didn't read the book so i didn't know about the multiple personalities so i was i was just from like from from first minute i'm like okay what's going on right now i'm assuming it's moon knight that's controlling him or something you know but i didn't know so yeah, I just thought it was. I thought it was the first episode for somebody like me who didn't know anything about the character was good at, at, in bringing it, bringing it, like starting it off. What do you think, Nuno? Oh, um, my first impression. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what i I've never. I don't think I've ever seen Oscar Isaac um, in a comedic role, and he was awesome. Like he totally embodied Stephen Grant really well. Um, again, it's not the Stephen Grant that I have, you know, that I've read about in the comics, but it's a good thing because, you know, when you think about it again, you know, if, if you distill the idea of who Stephen Grant is in the comic, he just sounds like Bruce Wayne, right? He's like a, he, he's the millionaire playboy persona of the, of the moon Knight, like, you know, legion of, of, uh, of personalities. So uh, yeah, it was a completely different take, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I again, Oscar Isaac, he he nails the different personalities, like well, like mainly Mark and uh, and Stephen, and um, I like the slow burn. I like that they didn't over explain things. Like there's still some mysteries, like um, 
because the second episode was about the goldfish. And right, yeah. thinking thinking back on it, I still don't understand the explanation for okay, what like you know what happens when uh, like you know, all the stuff that happens when uh, when Stephen Grant is experiencing lost time. Um, I thought that was amazing. I loved how he you know thought it was Friday and he missed like two days of his life and totally unexplained. Um, that stuff was really great. Um, yeah, it was uh, the first two episodes that arc in London uh, was yeah a lot of fun. They just kind of throw you right into it. I love when he when he like he essentially wakes up with a bloodied nose at like um, in that little village where uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, cult reside, and that entire sequence was just awesome. And that happens in the first episode, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it's like morning he wakes up or something. Yeah, I like think that. it's like yeah. 20 or 20 minutes or half an hour into the episode. He's yeah. immediately thrown into that, getting shot at by people. He has no idea what's going on and then will black out and then have his hands covered in blood. It was just like, uh, you know, kind of dark, but hilarious at the same time. You know, it's it's funny that, uh, like, you know, you mentioned uh, how Moon Knight is similar to Batman and that, uh, you know, because, like, like, in the comics, like, Stephen Grant is, is the millionaire playboy which is similar to bruce wayne and mark specter you know he's the he's the he's the vigilante the the fighter which is similar to batman and there is a a third personality jake lockley who's like a new york cab driver and for a while like uh batman himself had another like alias and i i think he was i can't remember but i think he was like uh he wasn't matches malone matches malone that's it thank you so it's it's very similar and and how much you know i guess they kind of like stole it um the idea of of how to make moon knight like batman but not exactly make a batman so we'll we'll just give him three different personalities as opposed to just one um but uh, the uh, the scene where you mentioned where um steven grant missed uh, the two days and he uh, had the date uh, with uh, with the girl that he missed. First of all, um, do you think it was uh, uh, Mark that asked the girl out on the date for Stephen, or do you think it was yes. somebody? Do you think it was Mark that did it? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it was Mark. I mean, I think yeah, because they're they're definitely leaning into like him waking up having this uh, other other personnel or something taking control of him, and he's so meek and shy that his reaction to her saying you know, you're supposed to take me out or her reaction was very like, Oh, a biker guy came up to me and asked me out. Why are you acting like this? You know what I mean? So my, my vibe right away in that first episode was that the other person was in fact asking her out. And, uh, when he's at the restaurant and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the waiter comes over and says, you know, the kitchen is going to be closing. First of all, he gets Steven to buy the most expensive thing on the menu and then proceeds to have, have them cook it. Well done. Like, what a shithead thing to do. You're going to order a delicious steak, and then you're going to have the kitchen cook it well done for this poor loser who has been, you know, essentially stood up on the day. Like, what a dick move. The waiter did that? Yeah, he he like because oh. he said, "How would you like it?" And Stephen, I think he, Stephen didn't understand he's a the question or something, right? He's and he like, just said, "Yeah, yeah whatever." He's, he's thank vegan, you. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and he then goes, he said, oh, "Whatever, however it comes out, or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> he said, well, "All right, well done." Wow, yeah. that's weak. Yeah, yeah. So just as a, an update here, I've done some research now that I'm on the show. And Great. apparently Oscar Isaac was born in Guatemala. Yeah, he's Guatemalan. 
raised in Cuba and uh, well, raised in Miami. So it is legit an accent that he has learned for the role, which blows me away because that's the very distinct uh, London accent, accent, I believe. And, and just like the, all the mannerisms and stuff like that were very, very good. Um, but there, there were, um, I guess there were a lot of critics that were like criticizing. Well, it's, that's what critics do, I guess. They were criticizing <laughs> his his accent and they said it was no like really, really bad. Really? Um, but oh, in retrospect, I think it's like when we learn later on where that accent comes from, it's it's supposed to be bad, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are a lot of things about Stevens, like really sunny disposition, and just you know how he's so just affable and deals with everything. When when you when you find out why, you're right. That's like that's one of the best moments for me. When you find out everything about where Stephen Grant came from, it, yeah, it all makes sense. Like this would be great to watch a second time around. So are you guys see. saying that you would you agree you thought his accent was bad? I think it's it was purposely uh not a good English accent. Yeah. I I thought it was okay, but yeah, maybe I you know, and kudos to Oscar Isaac if he was told make it stereotypical, don't make it, you know, a specific, you know, regional like, you know, accent to whatever, you know, North End or you know, uh yeah um or london i i, I think yeah i i think it's it, it works but it is funny thinking about it as it's not a real accent within the show it's not a real accent right. which is kind of funny yeah i i'm, I'm wondering if uh, they said you know think dick van dyke and mary poppins like that's the <laughs> exactly. kind of weird bad uh like cockney uh terrible accent uh but yeah, like uh, as um, I like for me, I'm not you know I'm not a I'm not an expert on accents or anything, so I didn't really notice whether it was good or bad. But you know when when you, we keep hearing people saying you know it, was, it wasn't a very good ac accent, and you know they expected something better, but then when you find out like it's it's pretty crazy how uh, uh, and I'm sure you know he had a lot to do with uh, you know, deciding on on how, where to put that accent. Um, but uh Dax, you look like you're you're reading up on I'm something. Reading, yeah. Because it does say that Oscar I'm trying to find where he based like what region it's based on. Because it definitely there's like there's a lot of slang in there that are very much like it's it, you can tell like it wasn't just kind of thrown in there. It was I think it was meant to be intentional, but maybe it wasn't. Oscar Isaac suggested about making a grant an accent for Stephen Grant in the first place. So he told yeah, he like when they were discussing the character, he he said it to the to, to the director, what about an accent? And they kind of went from from there to kind of separate the two. So um yeah, no, I, I don't I don't know. I I just thought it was a fantastic accent. I thought it just felt very authentic and being able to go in and out of them as well as he does uh at near the later part of the series, I was like just from an acting point of view, it seemed pretty impressive to me. But what do I know? <laughs> well, I mean you, you Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, Dax, you have your famous movie license accent. That's right, movie license. Yeah. <laughs> your dad's accent. My dad, exactly. So you're right. You're right, buddy. Um, yeah, so I do have some experience with the English uh, accents. Um, and his just seemed to fit right in. Uh, I, like I said, my the friend that I was watching it with said it was like, a, she goes, this is a like, very specific like Londoner accent. And she's like, she's, she was like, I, I think that 
that is like that's where he's from is he from there like because then like how good like it's really good so i was like thinking the same thing and but yeah i'm surprised people had a problem with it maybe they just don't like accents in general who knows <laughs> i'm fighting for this accent i'm fighting for it it was great you should i mean uh, it was great um the uh the second episode so the the first episode did it have like the it had the car chase in the in the little to where he's driving the van. Is it like an ice yeah. cream van? Is yeah, that what yeah, it was? Ice cream van, uh, or something like cupcake, kind of I think. Cupcake, it, right? Yeah, that's cupcakes. Yeah, that uh, that action sequence uh, I thought was really incredible, and um, you know, uh, blacking out. Uh, you know, right when you think the like the the van is going to get get crushed there, and then um, like he does he come to in the field after that. Or is is that later on? Because I know I know, uh, or does it? Yeah, because I think it comes to in the field, and then, uh, or, or is that is that before? And then he runs into the town, and that's when he starts getting chased by. Yeah, that that's how it starts. Uh, he he first wakes up in a field, doesn't know where he is. Right. And so is he this the town? And then he uses the cupcake man to escape. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And. Uh, and then this—that's also in the first two episodes where um, he has his first encounter with uh, with Arthur Harrow, and uh, right, and he's got the—is uh, it a, a scarab or something? Is that what he has? And and Harrow wants it, and so yeah. he's, yeah. he and then like Oscar Isaac does this like this amazing like comedic like physical performance with trying to hand it to him and take it and swinging his arm around and uh i think that's the moment where i where i realized man this guy he can do comedy as well and uh uh just a pretty uh incredible physical performance and and uh so from there um I'm trying to piece together where the the, the rest of the series goes. I should have rewatched the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, and so uh, episode two ends uh, with with him going to Cairo. Is that right? I believe episode two ends. Yes, around That's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at the end of the first episode is when we actually uh, meet Moon Knight for the first time, and when when Stephen meets uh, Mark in the in the in the bathroom there with with that that crazy mirror play uh, again, uh, amazing performance from Oscar Isaac being able to play opposite of himself, and so. Um, what did you think about like the like the transformation and like the whole uh you know give me the body or, or we're gonna die if you don't help me and that that whole uh conflicted scene between steven and mark um yeah you know what i was uh i was dying to see some moonlight action and i i know that they purposely did a, sl- a slow burn because i mean you, you you get a few seconds of uh of moon night and it's i think it's stuff that was in the trailer as well when he's uh when he's beating he's beating down the uh the jackal monster but um i i like the uh i like the look of moon knight i like the supernatural element where he's got the glowing eyes i know that uh they don't often do the uh they don't do the the comic book visual of the white eyes right everyone who was wearing a mask in comics they've got the white right. white out opaque eyes and it doesn't it doesn't work i mean i i think it, it it can detract from a performance when you don't see someone's eyes um but um yeah i i like again this this iteration of moon knight 
being more supernatural based. I like that the costume can kind of just form uh, by will. Um, I love that there's a second variation of the costume, the right. Steven costume. <laughs> Again, just an awesome look right out of the comics, the, the Mr. Knight character. Um, yeah, I. it's a really cool um, interpretation because really, you know, a guy in all white with like a really, you know, kind of like a Jawa-esque, like, you know, blacked out yeah. uh, face with just the eyes visible. That's usually how he's portrayed in the comic. Going with the whole um, mummy wrappings was a really inspired idea. At first, I didn't think I liked it, but if you look at it's an interpretation. Again, it has to be cinematic. And I think, you know, if you were to, you know, make a, an up, like make a costume, which is more true to the comic, it would look like it belongs at Comic-Con and not, and not in front of a, you know, a camera. Right. So um, yeah, the, the look, the look of the costume was cool. I liked how he has the, um, he has the, uh, the self replicating little crescent, um, throwing star things so he just kind of pulls them out of his chest kind of like a super superman 2 when he's throwing his, uh, yes. his shield. my favorite scene in superman 2 isn't it it's just amazing oh, so good the, the big cellophane s he throws. Oh, so good the uh the supernatural uh costume gave me uh some severe uh mumra, mumra vibes. yes absolutely like huge mumra vibes and uh like uh, shout out to the Thundercats, like still <laughs> yeah. so many years later, still inspiring. Still works. No, I, I agree. I agree with the, um, uh, the, the, the costume design. I wasn't in love with it, but I do see a, the point that uh, Nuno was making about the, the fact that, yeah, like, again, like in the comics, it's, it's like a spandex suit, right? So um, making these into a reality for TV or movies is always a challenge. And usually it would have just been like a padded up, like, a white version of Captain America's outfit or something, right? But I like that because they leaned into the supernatural, they went with the mummy look. I think it's a really cool idea. Um, I liked, oh, I was going to say something that I really liked. I really liked his cape and how it always did the crescent moon whenever he jumped and stuff like that. Like, that was that was kind of cool. Sorry to interrupt you there, uh, Greg. I didn't mean to. No, no, I, 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 was, I was done with my uh, mum mumra rant. Your mumra thing? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, they... Uh, uh, yeah, like I, I, I also liked how the you know the the cape formed, uh, um, you know, like the, the crescent shape. Like Disney likes to do, and, and Marvel you know, like to, um, they like everything to kind of fit in together. I don't know if you remember like the first uh, commercials, like the trailers for for Moon Knight. Uh, it ended with uh, uh, Moon Knight's uh, character, like he he was jumping from one building to a second building, the end, and at the end of the teaser trailer, it transitioned into the the Disney Plus with like the little uh, swoosh to okay. the, to, to yeah. fit into the yeah. to the star. Um, so the second episode is when uh, I think we're introduced to uh, Layla, Mark's uh, ex-wife, and uh, she shows up uh, at Stephen's apartment or Mark's apartment, who she thinks there. And the first thing she sees is like the the chain with the the ankle strap, and she's like, yeah. "Anybody else living here with you? <laughs> like, what kind of uh, creepy, kinky shit are you getting yourself into?" And so. Uh, uh, Layla, she's not exactly from the comics. Her character is kind of uh, based on uh, a, another character. 
Uh, so that so that was kind of an, an original character. What do you think of uh, Layla and her like? Uh, I guess she's kind of a, a like a Laura Croft type character. Mm-hmm. I uh, again, not knowing who they were, I just thought you know like she was cool. She fit in with him. Uh, I believed what she was going through with him, and um, I, uh, now like when I think back on because I just watched episode five and six today. So when I think back on the timing for. Um, Mark and Steven having this big kind of uh, resurgence now makes more sense as to why Layla and him are split and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, um, but at the time it was just kind of like, we were just getting to know who Mark was or who this other person was. So I think at that point we'd only seen him in a mirror. And then so like, she's like, obviously that's her ex-husband. She's like, you're weird. And then there was that whole thing of obviously Steven's like attracted to her and like, you know, he's kind of like flirting with her, but like awkwardly and stuff. Um, but sorry, getting back to her, I thought that, yeah, she, you know, she clearly knew, like had some kind of information that he was looking for at that time in, in the show, like episode two, he's kind of like, what's going on? And she seemed to have some answers and that's why he seemed to follow her on her. I can't remember exactly what happens, but they go on some kind of, I guess they're trying to get the scarab or whatever they're trying to do. But uh, yeah, no, I, I had no problems from, from jump uh, with what she was about. She actually reminded me so much so that I wanted to check um this actress but i know it's there's no way that it's the same one because the girl that she looks like to me is a girl from cyborg with jean-claude van damme (laughs) she kind of has the same kind of like nose and like face um is the girl that travels with van damme and cyborg so like just it's i'm like is that the same girl and like no that was like 20 plus years ago there's no way it's the same girl but uh yeah so other than the fact that she reminded me of a girl from cyborg uh i thought she was she's great what do you think do you know about layla Oh yeah, yeah, she was good. Yeah, I, I don't think I've seen that actor before in anything. And uh, yeah, she was she was a mystery again with the uh, the little bit of experience I have with the uh, more recent comics. I didn't know who she was. Um, I, I like the whole reveal of he he finds the the secret cell phone, and there's like you know because there's been like two months worth yeah. of of just calls from Layla, Layla, Layla constantly. And, and so, one uh, one call from one other person. I don't know if you spotted that. Oh, when he's scrolling through the phone. Hmm. Um, the other name was uh, the character uh, of Frenchie, who is oh. uh, in the comics. He, he's like uh, I don't know. He's not really like Alfred, but he's but he's similar okay. in that role. Yeah, so we, yeah, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, pardon me for for Mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, so we didn't we didn't actually get an introduction to Frenchie. I, I would imagine they would be uh, potentially saving Frenchie for something uh, further down uh, the road. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't yet talked about uh, Ethan Hawke and uh, his character of Arthur Harrow, and like super super creepy. Like uh, <laughs> if you met that guy anywhere, the yeah. long hair, the sandals, and the, the stats, were, yeah. you would avoid him like the plague but like yeah. the, the first thing that we're introduced to him is the broken glass in the sandals oh like, yeah that was seriously effed up yeah it was and they never touch on it again like, no you're, you're like what I, I, well i guess they kind of do but you're kind of you don't know the reasons you're just assuming it's like kind of like religious type behavior like um monk type behavior of you know taking or not monk i guess but it would be like you know taking the pain and showing your your uh passion for your beliefs or whatever that's the kind of vibe i got from it but it was just like i remember turning away from the screen there when he started to walk away with the glass and the shoes 
but like what yeah. a, what what a perfect way to introduce a character and to to tell you right from the start that uh he's not quite right yeah, he's kooky yeah yeah i i liked how uh, in other scenes when it's quiet enough and he kind of like makes like a really slow entrance you can hear the the crushing of the glass every time he's walking it, it, oh, it comes really? up in it, yeah it comes up in a few episodes oh cool i didn't know uh, and i think in the um when they find uh when they're in alexander the great's tomb and um harrow walks in slowly and he's got all of his armed guards with him every step he takes it's all crunch like crunch glass crunching hmm so that's that's a, a a good spot to uh, jump to for like episodes three and four, which are uh, based for the most part in in Cairo. Um, the one thing I, I did enjoy, like I, I think it was the very last scene of episode two, when uh, I think it's Mark at the time, he opens the curtains of his hotel room, and you just see like uh, a little bit of the the edge of the city of Cairo, and then like the pyramids of Giza are right there. And uh, that uh, I actually looked into it. That's actually like the the pyramids are really that close. They're like minutes away from Cairo, like essentially right across from like a Popeyes in Cairo. That uh, <laughs> wow. because everything else that we've ever seen these pyramids in, like we have this idea that just they're in the middle of nowhere in the desert and then it takes forever to travel to them but like they're actually just right on the edge of the city and i thought that was really interesting uh that that's how they decided to actually portray it accurately and i know that uh when uh when the show was being filmed or shortly before it was released um i know the the director he uh uh he was taking shots at uh some of the other portrayals of of Egypt and other movies like uh, I think in Wonder Woman as well and um, and how that's not really how uh, Egyptians are and, and the people that live in Cairo are, are always seem to be portrayed mostly as you know villains and um, like that so it, it was it was kind of I think a, a purposeful point for him to portray the city of Cairo exactly how it it actually is so in the in the those middle two episodes uh, Mark travels uh, uh, to uh, to Cairo because you know um, Harrow has the things that he needs to uh, resurrect um, the god Amit, and uh, the whole idea is to um, basically eliminate people before um, they uh, um, commit any crime. So instead of waiting for them to actually commit anything, um, anybody that potentially or, or will commit a crime in the future who doesn't have like a pure soul, you know, the, the idea is to eliminate all those people. And that's kind of why Mark gets to uh, Cairo. Um, but of course, every time that, uh, you know, uh, we're about to, to get like a, a, a good action sequence with Mark kicking ass, Steven always pops up and then we get that really great uh, action sequence with uh, uh, Steven and Layla as they're trying to uh, escape the tomb. Um, like there's, there's a zombie, which I was not prepared to have like that creepy zombie in the show. Um, and then they have that, uh, that great uh, uh, fight scene as they're climbing up to get out, out of the tomb. And uh, you know, this, this is kind of the first time that Steven kind of gets involved in anything physical, but Layla has to come out and, uh, and save him. So, 
um, what were your thoughts on uh, on, on that whole uh, set piece uh, with the with the zombie and and um, them being chased through uh, the tomb? I will. I, uh, jump- oh, so you go sorry. ahead. You go ahead. No, no, no. no you you first. Okay. Well, this will be more funny then because I can't hide behind you. I honestly. <laughs> don't really remember much of the three and four episodes because i was starting to fall asleep on this series at that point <laughs> oh you were vadering yeah it well, I'm, well i mean I, I watched them all pretty much per week but for some reason like like i said i was really into this series episode one episode two by the end i was like you know like going to cairo and stuff I'm like it didn't really f- keep up that feeling for me and then by three and four, I just wasn't really feeling the whole like mummy Indiana Jones tomb stuff. You know what I mean? I was kind of like, this show is not, it's, I'm not liking it as much as I, I want to. Um, so I don't have a whole lot to say about those. I don't really remember much about three and four other than kind of like the part where, cause I think I watched it twice, the fight with um, Moon Knight where he does the, the first time you see the cape do that. And there's that weird guy that they have to go to who's riding horses. And you remember that yeah. scene? Like, yeah, like yeah. whoever that guy is or whatever, and then like, yeah, like I just didn't, I wasn't really into that whole section, so I don't even remember the zombie to be honest with you. You know what? I totally forgot about the zombie. <laughs> I wish I had, I wish I had time to watch this again, but now I remember it because I was, I we watched it every Wednesday, uh, my son and I, and he's twelve, and uh, yeah, this zombie thing that's like Layla's hiding, right? She's like, it's one of those like classic horror scenes where she's just a few feet away and she kind of has to shift around the table because there's some mommy and this mommy this this mommy is uh, is like mummifying someone just pretty much you can hear everything oh yeah he's pulling pulling his organs out and putting them into those those vases for the afterlife right and my son was like i don't think i've ever seen anything so (laughs) so dark in a marvel (laughs) series before it's true Yeah. yeah What, was, we, uh, yeah, can can somebody totally, explain what that means to the story? Like, why was there, like, was that part of his cult? Like, or I don't get, like, how we go from a cult that's trying to bring someone to having an actual mummy performing and killing his cult members to, like, what was it for? Like, what, I, is that, what does that fit? I think, I think they, um, they entered kind of like a, a an otherworldly um, kind of entrance into, like, one of the pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you can't access this unless you have, you have the scarab. Okay. Um, and I think it's just, you know, I, I think it's shown a few times, like when it when when you see where all of the Egyptian gods are kind of like laid to rest inside of the pyramid, and where all the avatars convene. Um, this is like stuff which is, it's almost like another dimension maybe that exists within the pyramid. So I, okay. I guess that's I guess that's where the uh, the zombies come from, and I don't even know who the zombie had killed. I don't know if it, it must have been one of Harrow's guys, but yeah, I believe it was one of Harrow's guys that had been knocked out in the fight earlier. But uh, like a, a definite uh, different uh, uh, feel from all the other MCU shows, like uh, supernatural and, and horror stuff, and um, you know untreaded water that uh that they've gone into but uh like that zombie uh, he was creepy looking and so i th- <laughs> i thought it was pretty effective um and then um so you mentioned that uh the the guy who was doing the joust and the, there was a really good uh fight with uh moon knight and a bunch of the guys and he got stabbed by uh yeah. like the spears repeatedly like the the actor um 
that was in that 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 role like uh i think uh, a, a couple months after they finished filming he actually died in a uh in like a, i think it was a skiing accident oh, wow. um wow. and yeah so it's a it's super unfortunate and and so it kind of put a downer i, I think it was probably going to be a character that we might have uh, seen later on um but uh as we uh go through episode uh at four like we we get to um you know we have steven in in the in the mr knight costume and they need to they need to find where harrow was gone and so they can't track him so uh uh Conchu, uh changes the sky uh, to set the stars that will align with uh, the map that uh, Stephen has put together to show them where uh, Ahmed is buried, and uh, a pretty cool visual uh, of him, yeah, that was cool. of him like kind of changing the sky. Like you kind of think about like the people of Cairo who are just kind of looking up and yeah. seeing all this shit happening. Um, what was cool is they actually they don't they don't like hide they don't run away from that they actually show the scene like, yes. as if from other people's view watching the stars spin by so they're not ignoring the fact that this is actually happening they don't show the outcome of it right of people freaking out but they definitely do show that it was happening in the world and it was not some magical or mystical thing that's on maybe another plane or like just you know they don't they don't hide from that they just kind of say yes this actually happened that night in the world that the stars were flinging by and looking like comets for sure I thought that was kind of cool. You would think if the uh, if the skies above Egypt were, you know, changing that rapidly, that maybe some other heroes like Doctor Strange would kind of show off. Yeah, going, like, well, the- that's the thing with these movies, right? I mean, stuff yeah. like that. Like you think that other things would be coming in, but we've we've that's what we call movie license. You you let it, <laughs> you know, you let it lie because I mean, you know, as much as you want to intertwine all these things, which I think they do a great job. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, all these things you just have Thor come and take care of it. You know what I mean? Or you'd have, you'd, like it's if. If it worked that way, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just as comics, and I think they did a good job with it. So they, um, you know, uh, because of uh, Conchu's actions, like he gets um, banished, I guess, uh, into the little statue um, by the rest of the gods for kind of I don't, I don't breaking know breaking the rules. Yeah, breaking the rules, I guess. And so now that we're left with, uh, you know, Stephen and Mark with with without the power of, of Khonshu and then, uh, Harrow shoots him and, uh, you know, essentially, uh, Mark kind of dies. And then we get into the last two episodes. Um, and I think episode five was one of the best episodes of MCU television. Uh, yeah. And, uh, that, the, and you know, we, we talked about how amazing Oscar Isaac was like, like just like a, a virtuoso acting, performance uh in the mental hospital and transitioning between steven and mark and there was a couple of times when he was yelling we kind of heard like a new york cab driver accent in his voice which i think might have been like the first time we got a little hint of of the third uh personality of jake lockley and so when when he woke up in the, in the hospital and you see all the other you see Layla is like a crazy person you see the uh, the guy who was the uh, the gold statue in London that Stephen used to talk to he's in that scene oh, yeah. oh I didn't and, know that yeah yeah like everybody that has been in the in the show so far is in this scene so what were your initial thoughts when we got to the mental hospital like what were you thinking the show which direction was the show taking. I uh this I wrote this down because like I said 
two and four uh, episodes three to four really lost me in this sense. <laughs> and I was kind of like today I was dreading to watch these to, you know, try and, you know, to sit and have this conversation, but I was pleasantly surprised with five um, and six ended up being, I liked the two. I like how they ended it for the most part, but five was really strong. And I really found out that what I was really enjoying about this series was like this whole Stephen Mark battle back and forth, their, their interactions um, and I really like the explaining of that character and what is actually going on behind the scenes. So I didn't care about Moon Knight as much. You know what I mean? I was really kind of going like when they were going through all and, and trying to figure out his past memories and stuff like that. I thought they handled that really well and, and, and trying to kind of lead you down this path. And they don't quite give it to you at a certain point. And you're like, come on, like, like what's happening, you know? Um, and I agree with you. Uh, he, I thought his acting was amazing in it. And it also had the uh, the hippo god, which was amazing because literally some of the best animated uh, ears I've ever seen on a, on a <laughs> animated picture. So, yeah, I love those ears. <laughs> I love the ears. Like they gave that you can tell that they must have had an algorithm, or like a yeah, I guess an algorithm for it or something like that. But like, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. But just having you know the animators like, oh, I'm gonna put one of those ear ticks right here. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and one right here. And you just see that little on the ears of it kind of like shaking off flies or whatever. It was the best. I loved it. What about you, Nuno? When uh, when they're in the hospital, like what, what direction did you think the, the show, like did you think that this was just in his head or did you think that like this was reality and they were going to give us like that, that St. Elsewhere twist? Do you, do you guys understand that reference of St. Elsewhere? No, but I get what was you mean. It all, was it all a dream or something? Or Yeah, like there was like yeah. six or seven seasons of this hospital television show in the 80s called St. Elsewhere. It's where Denzel Washington first got his start. And in the last episode, uh, there's like a, a, a patient. I, I, I can't remember if he had head trauma or, or if uh, he was disabled in some way, but he had like a snow globe. And the snow globe had the hospital inside. And so everything that happened was in his head through the snow globe. And that's how they ended the show. Right. That sounds awful. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like some bullshit. (laughs) They've just ruined seven years of my fucking life watching this dumbass show. Uh, But yeah. So where did you think that this was going? You know, I, uh, I knew it would be, I had a feeling it was going to be a temporary detour, but one that I, I was really happy about. I mean, I think my favorite moon Knight series that i read from last year um it's called welcome to uh, new egypt and it begins in an asylum and it's essentially it like this that episode borrows heavily um from this comic so um i was looking forward to i mean it pretty much did everything i hoped it would and more like um it had some heavy teases to the third persona because uh you know First, Mark Mark finds Stephen in a sarcophagus, right, and lets him out, and that was cool to oh, see yeah. to see them actually play play off each other. Yes, you know, like in in the same space, right? Um, and then there's a third one, which is like violently shaking, and you know, we all know who's. I mean, I maybe Greg I and I knew. I didn't get it, but now it's making sense. Now yeah. it's making yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. It was it was the third psychotic, I guess, um, really violent yeah. persona. Which they don't let out, and I was like, "No, let him out." But I, I like how it all played out. Again, they they did the long game with the third persona. Um, so yeah, all the stuff in the asylum was amazing. I loved seeing uh, Ethan Hawke playing a completely different version of Harrow, as like you know <laughs> they refer to him as like a Ned Flanders. Yeah, 
yeah. kind of guy. Like he's he's super optimistic. He's super supportive. He's he's the doctor who you know doesn't he doesn't cross the line. He's explaining to him, oh, and you know you watch too many movies in real life. We don't sedate you against your your will. And um, yeah, I, those two episodes were awesome. I loved everything in the asylum. Um, I loved all the memories that, uh, the, that Mark and Steven got to explore. And it, it was a great way of, of giving us the origin, um, you know, uh, in, in a nonlinear way that really explained a lot and made it more interesting. Yeah. So, like, they, yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. They, they, uh, they took the show, um, like, to a very sensitive topic like around child abuse and you know we got to meet uh mark's parents you know when he was a little boy and um he uh, has this memory of being out with his his brother randall who they refer to as roro and they kind of go into these caves and you know his his little brother dies and then we you know we see his uh his mother, you know, like there's a scene where, you know, she's cooking everything at a, at a barbecue, like a family barbecue. And then the next moment, like, uh, at, uh, his brother's funeral, like she's like screaming at Mark as a child to, you know, get away and that, you know, this is all your fault. And we're seeing the, the, the trauma that he's had and he has this father who, doesn't really step in and doesn't help him. And so he, he feels let down in that way. And then we uh, have the scene where he's uh, in his bedroom and he's got uh, like the the Stephen Grant poster, the actor uh, from that Indiana Jones type movie, which they were watching in the mental hospital in an earlier scene. And then uh, and uh, we know that uh, his mother is is coming into uh, the room to to hurt him, and then that's when he kind of transfers into Stephen Grant as a little boy, which kind of explains why the accent is so strange because it's a little boy creating this accent and he's this is how he you know he he dealt um with the with the abuse of his mother and like like child abuse in like a in a marvel comics television show was was super surprising and uh but like it it really drove home uh uh like the point of, of why we care about Mark Spector and why we really care about Stephen Grant and, and, uh, you know, and when they do find each other, uh, in the hospital and they have that amazing embrace, it's like, they finally, um, you know, kind of, uh, don't hate each other. Yeah. They don't hate each other anymore. <laughs> and they've kind of resolved that. And it's, it's kind of a nice scene. But, yeah. Um, how did you feel about how they, they, they handled the whole child abuse thing? It was pretty heavy. It, it was, you know what? I was really surprised by it. I mean, we've, we've seen like kind of a stereotypical thing in a lot of Hollywood stories where it's like, you know, parents blame uh, a child for the death of a sibling. And it's like, you should have been the one who died. Yeah. You know, the, the, the good child died. But, um, but with this, like they really, um, they didn't tiptoe around it. They didn't make it cartoonish. Um, it was dark. It was really dark. Like those scenes with the mom, like she was, uh, you really feel bad for Mark. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a topic that definitely Marvel is probably never addressed um, in the MCU. And I think they, uh, I think they handled it well. 
And um, I really like the juxtaposition of how uh, Stephen being not the Stephen's just a a um, a split from Mark. How Stephen's memories of his mother are completely different. Yeah. Like he he thinks he he has conversations with her, or that he he calls her and leaves her messages all throughout the first two episodes. And um, yeah, when we see the reality of it, it it's so good because um, it explains everything about Stephen. Right, Stephen was his escape from the abuse. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they handled it well. I was. I did not see it coming, but it was a really interesting and uh, probably essential part of his origin as to, you know, who he is. And, um, and then we see when he returns, when he, when his, when his mother passes away and I guess it's like, it's like, is it six months before Moon Knight, the series starts? Yeah. It's when uh, Mark is thinking about going back home and then decides not to do and he's dealing with the grief and uh, all the mixed emotions that he has from his childhood. And then he just, that's when the Steven persona essentially takes over for the first time. That was just an awesome like buildup and uh, really, really cool how they did it. And, was, and again, the acting, it's yeah. like it's, you know, Oscar Isaac does so much in this series to really, to really sell the character. And uh, yeah, I, it was really good. I was super concerned that uh, they were going to reveal that, uh, the, like the Stephen Grant persona manifested again because of the the snap. And oh, I'm, 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 I'm so glad that they they didn't do that, and uh, you know they did something completely different. What did you think of uh, how they they handled the whole thing, Dax? Um, I agree with Nuno. I think they did a great job. It's weird. It, at the time of watching it, I guess I guess my biggest compliment is that I didn't it didn't stand out to me. You know right. what I mean? It it just it felt like wow, this is this is really happening. And he had a mother that could, went off the deep end and couldn't handle you know the the loss of her child and blamed him and and that kind of stuff. My biggest thing was like, well, how did the father let this continue to happen? But then again, we don't really get into the father and his right. how he's dealing with it and stuff. And but yeah, no, I just thought yeah, I just thought they I agree they had, that they handled it great. They they didn't shy. away away from it uh they didn't need to show the actual act i think it was handled very well with her just taking the belt and going off screen you know what i mean like um you you get what's happening you know what i mean you, you they gave you everything you needed for that but yet it, it was it was still dark and showing the gravity of what that is and what that is for him and then right on top of that how Oscar because we cut back to Oscar because then like oscar Isaac pulls him out of the room or something right and says don't watch that you, yeah like that's why you're not you you can't watch that because that you're that's the reason why you're here you know what i mean and they have that great character moment of where like steven's like how what do you mean like you know and then he has the realization of all that kind of stuff too right so yeah i thought it was amazing that was great and i agree i like the um uh, that's what i was referring to earlier about how it made sense of why him and layla split because it was around that time yeah. that steven took over and he just disappeared on her and all the kind of stuff and uh yeah so yeah just well done at that point like i was especially the more we talk about it now i'm really like I'm, i really quite enjoyed all these little things about the series but i was really lost in that middle section it really yeah. i was literally going to say <laughs> probably one of the worst ones that i've seen and so now i'm really happy that it came around on the five and six so so randall specter he uh he actually is in the comics as well but uh he doesn't die as a, a child um but he's still 
kind of messed up. He in the comics he he grows up um, and he's heavily fascinated by serial killers, um, and then he starts himself to murder people with a hatchet. Uh, can you oh. guess his villain name? He murders people with a hatchet. Ha- uh, hatchet man. It is Hatchet Man. <laughs> No, yes. uh, I no. Thought you were for like a bigger character, like no. villain that Hatchet Man. In the, uh, there was some retconning later on uh, uh, that uh, when Hatchet Man uh, dies, be, uh, he's impaled on a tree. It's a, a long, strange story. But uh, a, a different writer kind of did some retconning and made it that Randall wasn't uh, actually uh, murdered, but there was actually like a duplicate or whatever. And then uh, the real Randall Specter. Uh, uh, becomes uh, the character of Shadow Knight, who is an exact opposite of Moon Knight, but it's same look, but he's all black instead of all mm. white. So, interesting. Probably, probably not great. I think I like. I think I like how they did it in the uh, show better. To be yeah, honest with you, I, I it think so too. Brings gravity I, to that character, right? Like it brings like pain and like torture to the it make makes sense. But we'll never get Hatchet Man. We'll never, we'll never get Hatchet, Hatchet Man in the MCU. Man, I think I'm okay with that, though. <laughs> so, you know, like, we were, like, five episodes in, and we probably have about eight minutes of total screen time of Moon Knight. And it feels like Moon Knight is, like, the, the least interesting part of this entire show. Like, do you think, is that a, is that a problem? Or, or is this just good storytelling where they don't need to rely on punch kick? I agree with that. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I was surprised by the end that, uh, especially in the last episodes where I started to get into it, that I was at this point I was definitely more into the the character of of Stephen and Mark and and where that's going and and that the struggles within that character himself and um, Moon Knight was just like the okay, please turn into him so you don't die or like so you can fight back. Like, and so yeah, I thought it, I thought it was cool that. Yeah, he wasn't just. But then he, that kind of feel like all of these series kind of do that kind of thing, where like just like episode one, where if if you if you give too much of it, then it becomes kind of like boring, or you know what I mean? Like it really has to kind of constantly up up outdo itself. You know these kind of superhero movies. So it's like by by doing it sparingly, you get to kind of save, you know, that and not really have to you know go all out all the time to make it. Um, not be boring in my opinion like it can very easily go if he's walking around all the time doing stuff in that suit you start to kind of nitpick it a bit more i think just visually you know because it's a cg animated character right like you can tell like it's you know so i think it was smart to do it the way they did in all honesty but i don't know what you guys think oh i i totally agree like we um yeah like i i I just uh i think that was just definitely the the right way to go nuno what do you think no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, you, you they could have taken this series in any direction. Again, the, you know, they, if, if they did the New York City dwelling vigilante, it wouldn't be that unique. It would be, you know, when you distill it, when you distill the ideas of Moon Knight down um, and try to represent it in a, a purist kind of way. It just seems like it's... Um, it's very derivative of other things that we've seen in other characters. So I think it was a conscious effort on uh, the MCU's part and, you know, Marvel studios to, uh, to go about doing it this way, to make it about the, the psychological 
um, the psychology of the character and also the mystery of it. Because when we first meet Stephen Grant, he's convinced that he is the real person. Right. Mm -hmm. And and constantly when he's having those conversations with uh, Mark, Mark is kind of giving him this, like he's, he's kind of lying to him, but he's saying, uh, just do this one thing for me. And then I'll be out of your life forever. I'll be out of your life forever. But the big revelation is at least to Steven yeah. is that he's not real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. That moon Knight was used sparingly. I mean, there's that, I mean, uh, you kind of knew he's going to come back, but I, I liked how he kind of gets depowered. Like when Khonshu does that thing with uh, with the night sky yeah. and the star map, he gets banished. And so, you know, well, Moon Knight's gone now, right? Like I, I kind of thought, oh, well, will anything happen? Like, will they be able to manifest anything without Khonshu? But um, yeah, I, I really liked that Moon Knight was in it sparingly. Um, and I liked I liked Khonshu. I know we haven't really talked much about Khonshu, but um, I liked that he's he wasn't overused either. And his introduction was kind of like a horror movie too. Like if you weren't if you yeah. didn't know that he would be like a um, like almost a fossilized bird, um, and I was aware of that just from you know briefly reading some comics um, when he was first introduced in Steven's apartment, kind of like in a horror kind of motif where the lights are flickering and you see these glimpses of them. Um, I was, I was watching my son's reactions because I was thinking I wasn't going to tell him what was going on. And I, I wanted to kind of see it through his eyes. Cause I was like, it's kind of freaky. You see these weird glimpses. It was great. This, yeah. This big kind of weird grim, grim reaper type figure. And they, um, they had a couple of, of scenes like that with, you know, like with, with running through the hallways and, and being, uh, chased by it again. It's more of this this horror aspect that they've kind of introduced into the show, and um, I think getting F. Murray Abraham to be the voice of Conchu, I thought was a really uh, genius idea because he has such a distinct, uh, like low uh, voice, which was which was perfect for that yep. character. And then, um, yeah, so you know. Uh, you know, Layla has to go on her own uh, little journey to try to free Konshu from from captivity, and uh, you know, Stephen and Mark have to do their journey uh, when they meet the the Egyptian goddess of a uh, Tawaret, uh, the hippo, um, who has an incredible voice as well, uh, very unexpected, um, and so they kind of have to you know, balance the, the scales of, of, of Mark's soul so they can uh, return to the land of the living. And uh, they get into this crazy uh, fight, Mark and Steven, with these with these people whose uh, souls have been, uh, uh, who have been, who have been taken. And, you know, Steven apparently dies when he saves uh, Mark on the ship. In a very sad scene where he kind of just becomes, he, he's turned to sand, and then uh, uh, Mark kind of is in, is in that field, and he, you know he's pretty much uh, on his way back to the living. And I think that's where episode five ends up, and then six, um, you know, this is the episode where we get what what we kind of expect from the MCU, like the big the big fight scene, and uh, you know Mark decides to go back and save Steven and they, they use that, that heart thing to, uh, you know, uh, return. And, 
anyway so like they go on this whole thing and uh, they ended up back uh uh back in in cairo just as uh, Layla has freed Khonshu and then Khonshu senses him and then they join together um, uh, to fight Harrow once the, the god Amid has been released and then we get our final action set piece and uh, there's there's a really cool scene where uh, Moon Knight and Mr. Knight are kind of flip-flopping in the fight yeah. uh, and I thought that was a really cool transition and uh, he's, they're having the battle with Arthur Harrow and in the background is like the, the kaiju big battle between yeah. uh, uh, the giant Khonshu <laughs> and uh, yeah. the giant Amit and I thought that was a really cool visual scene of that fight that was great Yeah. Um, I loved in that fight too I uh, just didn't in- interrupt there that uh, it was a nice little nod to the, to the daredevil style of fighting where like uh, M- Mr. Knight has the two batons and yes. he's like, Hey, I've got some moves now. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. And he's doing, you see that jumping knee with the batons. It just is straight out of daredevil. And I was like, is this the same? Like, is that like, are they going to do some kind of like tie in there? Cause it looks so much like the daredevil fight scenes. Um, but I just thought it was kind of cool that they had different fighting styles, obviously um, based on their manifestation of the suit and whatever, and the personalities and stuff. I thought that was really cool. I also too did really enjoy the, um, uh, the gods changing size as they as they escalated the fight. That was yeah. very cool. Um, I do want to say my biggest I guess I'm a feast for thine eyes in this series <laughs> is 100% is Amit. The that dreadlock hair that turns into a tail, a crocodile <laughs> tail, is the best visual thing ever. I loved it. What did you think? You know, I you know what I'm embarrassed that I didn't notice the transition oh. of her hair. Yeah, it's like, well, I thought it was just because I remember it is all dark. It's very dark. But like, I remember when she was standing there and then she walks to the side. And I remember seeing like, because I, when I draw stuff, I love big chunky shapes and stuff like that. So yeah. I definitely noticed the tail coming down from being very, very long and, and looking like it was coming from her hair. So I'm like, but then you see on a couple of shots, you see it's like dreads off the top of her head. But then it kind of fuses into like a, into a crocodile tail. But that she doesn't actually have a tail. It's just the hair is the tail. You know what oh, I mean? It's just, okay. It was a cool I design it. choice. I thought from what I could tell in the dark anyway, that like her hair was actually the tail of the crocodile. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was very cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense because like when uh, the two embodiments of the um, Egyptian gods that we see are essentially just like, you know, the hieroglyphics depicted them. They're like humanoid bodies with just the head mm-hmm. being like a, an animal totem. And uh, yeah, I, I liked how, um, yeah, just the two gods and the differences, like how, um, how uh, Amit, am I, am I saying that right? Amit. 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 That's it. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like omelet, but without the L. Like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, like how, how she was fully fleshed out, like how she and the, uh, the hippo goddess, I'm not even going to attempt saying yeah, it. Yeah, I can't say it. I don't know. Her at all. Okay. Tolerate. Yeah. I love how they were fleshed out and these uh you know anamorphic characters and then again in contrast like uh how Khonshu is like fossilized like skeletal with just like the floating head these mm-hmm. i mean he doesn't even have like uh the, like that, neck yeah. bones yeah very just cool. i love that contrast i agree i agree it's a very cool design i liked how uh um when layla finally relents and and allows herself to be the avatar for Towerette so she can kind of help in this fight and you know Towerette's like oh this is going to be so much fun we're going to have so much yeah, fun yeah. together and and uh and you know it 
I, th- I found it interesting that they wanted uh, the, the actress who played Layla, her name was uh, uh, May uh, Kalamawi. And, uh, you know, after watching Oscar Isaac put on this performance of doing the, the multiple personalities, like they essentially asked her to do the exact same thing because she's yeah. having, having that uh, Tourette uh, conversation with herself. And I can imagine that was uh, uh, probably a, a big task to ask somebody to do the exact same thing that we all think is amazing. And she's probably watching this uh, performance as well in Oscar and then kind of having to do the same thing. But I thought she did a great job. And, and then we get to see um, her become a hero. Um, now, that her character is is uh the scarlet scarab um like again like uh the uh, in the uh, comics you mean like the, yeah like okay. her her okay. like she's kind of a an original sort of character for the show but her last name uh uh is very similar to the last name of the male hero scarlet scarab from the comics so that's kind oh, okay. of and the look was kind of the, the same as well you know and i thought when uh um she's in that battle and you know she flashes the wings for the first time which i thought was super cool yeah and uh and you know some people think it was a bit heavy-handed when you know she saves that little girl and the girl says are you an egyptian superhero i I thought that was great i thought (laughs) i loved it i thought it was great i think it's i think people are people are so sensitive to this like oh they had to nod to it they had to nod to it you know you know i'm like but I, it's because I think it's so cool. We're in this part of like cinema history where it's like there is this thrust of like trying to equalize this kind of thing and give people somebody to look at from different cultures and stuff like that. And and I thought like yeah, like that would be a, a little kid in Egypt would be like you're our Captain America, you know, like you we have an yeah, Egyptian definitely. superhero. I thought it was really cool, and she's like yeah, I guess I am. You know what I mean? And it's just I thought it was I thought it was cool. Like I I thought that was a charming little moment, and I I knew when I saw it that people would there's gonna be the people that say oh heavy-handed they have to do it blah 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 and i'm like that's sad that you think that because i just think it's a cool moment you know what i mean of just what the world is going through right now so what do you think about all that you know like the the appearance of the scarlet scarab oh you know what i i wasn't familiar i, I didn't know it had a, a a comic connection but it makes sense um i liked it yeah it's funny because at first i was like okay like um <laughs> is she gonna have like a uh, a hippo theme. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I kind of hope she, been, yeah, I kind of yeah, hope that, she sticks that, around. Yeah, that that would have been its own thing. But um, yeah, I liked I liked just the um, the basic kind of like uh, uh, bird kind of uh, motif of the costume. And yeah, again, it was unexpected. Uh, a lot happened in that finale. Yes, and they, it, and, it, and it felt and it felt that way at the end of episode five. I was thinking, wow. They have to do a lot. There's a lot that has to happen in this finale. That's that's pretty typical with with all of the the Disney Plus shows where they, um, you know, they spend a lot of time really developing these characters and making us care about them, and then all of a sudden we're in the last episode to tell the end of the story, and it it did feel rushed. Like yeah, again, like a lot happened. You know, the heroes were triumphant, and and uh, uh, Harrow was defeated. And then uh, we have uh, um, the the uh, post credit scene. Uh, did you guys stick yeah. around for the post credit scene? Yes, I did, and I yep. was ready to ask you guys because I had no idea what happened there. <laughs> okay, so because <laughs> that's what, until until you guys started talking about he has a third. Like you guys were all aware that you have this third yeah. uh, person. I was like, what is happening right now? 
Um, so I'm guessing then when I watched it, I'm like, okay, I guess that's when he had his big fight and that he couldn't even beat Moon Knight wasn't even able to beat. Um, right. Cause uh, they have that. And all of a sudden he has that flash. It's like, well, who did that then? You know what right. I mean? So yeah. It's uh, like Jake Lockley is like, he's clearly a psychotic person. Like, um, whereas like Stephen Grant has the, like his, his morals level is, is here. Yeah. Um, uh, Marks is a little bit lower. Like, you know, there was the scene where, um, you know, uh, I think it was Khonshu wanted him to kill that kid in Cairo, yeah, but he, yeah, yeah. he just slaps him, you know. And so, but then, you know, Jake's morals, he doesn't have any at all. And so, you know, like the fact that, uh, like, this is where we we got uh, his first visual appearance. I, I think we saw him a couple of times during the show where, you know, uh, we kind of had the flashback to the end of a fight and everybody was knocked out. I think that was probably Jake a couple of times, just kind of feeding us just a little bit. And then, uh, uh, you know, Jake kills Arthur Harrow, like, like executes him using a gun with a silencer. Like I was blown away that this was on Disney plus. I mean, there's been, you know, there was violence, but this is a different kind of violent. Like this was but an it, execution. Like he shot I him in agree. the face, right? I agree, but they did it well because they did like, like they probably straddled that line with Disney yes. because it was like they went during the actual shooting. It's a pullback shot, a nice shot of the limo and just the flash in the, in the car. Right. So again, they did a good job at not having to get that like R rating or making it too heavy by the shot selection that the director used. Right. So I think that, yeah. that was really well done and straddling that showing the viciousness of it, but not obviously showing the, 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 the violence of it, you know? It yeah. wasn't Punisher War Zone, right? Right. You know, like Jake, uh, his his character in the comics, he's he's a cab driver, so it made sense that he's driving the limo, um, and uh, like the Spectre limo is from the comics as well. So it was cool to see that um, Konshu looking pretty spiffy in his uh, suit and, and and cane sitting in the back. Um, so, what do you think, Nuno? What do you think of the post credit scene? You know what? I I really liked it because again, I felt like. Um, yeah, the, the the ending of the show was it, it was a bit rushed. Yeah. But again, I like it did fit in because again, we don't see how he defeats Harrow. They kind of right. do that whole they do the, the whole blackout lost time thing, and then Harrow's kind of beaten and bloodied, and Mark refuses to kill him. Um. So uh, yeah, the end scene it was awesome. It was great. Uh, I was waiting for the Jake Lockley reveal. Yeah, I had, I had a feeling again it was going to be a departure from the comic Jake Lockley because again, um, this one was clearly psychotic. I think there's, I think he's even, I think he, there's there's glimpses of what he does in the first episode when he's uh, when he's in the village, and every time they're closing in on Stephen, and uh, he has a scarab again. I think at one point, I think the people all, all around him are maybe dead. Because yes. he's covered in blood, he's covered in blood, and the scarab is in his hand, and it's just dripping with blood. So it, it'd, be, it'd be funny to see like uh, an alternate point of view of like every time Jake Lockley kind of uh, came in to bail out Stephen, or even Merc, you know. So uh, I mean, obviously, this is very. I mean, this I've, I've been kind of just rolling with it, and assuming that there's no such thing as spoilers in TV junk. Like it's you just let it out there, right? It's, well, yeah. I mean, we're reviewing yeah, okay. a television show. I mean, people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I don't care. So, no, Why would I, you I, I respect, no, I like that. I respect that. So my, the thing for me now, I'm having this epiphany now that you guys have mentioned it. So you explain to me if I'm correct. So that final sequence of thingy in the car, contra in the car um, and him saying, why would I like, 
basically the whole time he knew that this third version of thing was still his avatar even though he pretended to give him a uh, give them freedom yes he still has him as his avatar Correct. like he like so he, he this version even though mark and thingy think that they're not moon knight anymore because they're now locked like i don't know where they are technically now i'm kind of lost with that but the whole point <laughs> of it is he conchu still has mark specter but through this jake thing to do his world right. deeds okay yeah so like they, I, so he never yeah. he never really did relinquish control is what I'm right. So uh, I think they've, um, they, when the, the soul was balanced, and I think that kind of uh, uh, puts an end to the uh, the the blackouts out of nowhere type thing. And so, like, yeah, you know, he'll, he'll either, he'll, Mark and Steven will be together, uh, but I don't think they're going to be aware of what, what Jake has done because they never seemed to be aware of what he had done previously. Cause you know, they were like, did you do this? No, I didn't do this. You must've done this. And so, um, that's exactly what Conchie wanted the whole time. He wanted the, the psychopath. And, um, so yeah, I, I like, like they, they definitely rushed the ending, but I think that's kind of the price to pay for them to, uh, really, uh, develop Mark and Steven so well that we, we care so much about these two guys and, and I think that's kind of what they have to do to uh, to really uh, bring these characters uh, alive. Uh, so um, one other thing I wanted to mention is like Marvel is is really great and uh, with uh, the use of of color. Like so we had like the six Infinity Stones, and so like the first you know ten years of the MCU, like uh, you know bright colors were like uh, a feature to like the plot. And so, uh, when Harrow was using his like staff, like in, in his magic, like it was a purple color. And so, when we think back through the rest of the MCU, everything else that was purple, um, like Agatha Harkness's magic was purple in WandaVision, that the Power Infinity Stone was purple, uh, the rips in the multiverse in Loki and in No Way Home were purple, and uh, uh Dormammu's energy in the first Doctor Strange was also purple like do we think that that color like those things are all linked to the same energy or is they've just run out of different colors to use and so mm -hmm. purple just keeps popping up i think you should be working for uh for that for, for marvel yeah, studios for, for real <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would have never pieced that together no me neither that's some good research i would say that uh, there's definitely intent behind that yes. right i would definitely say that there's intent but whether it's like it's all the same power is one thing i would say it's probably more an artistic choice to have the evil power be represented by purple right, right. so that it feels like a cohesive thing that i would assume that's like an art direction thing that started to kind of make its way well oh well it, the evil power is purple in in uh wandavision so let's make it the same for for this um maybe there's a big overarching thing like there's this big cthulhu thing that is purple power but i mean or it's all the power and stone power stone i don't know i would say it's probably just an artistic decision that they've made to kind of keep it all cohesive and it just feels right, you know what I mean, to have it all being the same kind of color, kind of like lightsabers in Star Wars, the original, right? Like red right. was bad, green was good, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I didn't realize that it was that cohesive, but that's pretty cool that they did that. So, so if you're going to uh, take the five live action Disney Plus shows, WandaVision, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, Loki, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, rank them from... Oh, wow. I guess not not best, but your favorite. Favorite, favorite, yeah. Number one would be your favorite. Uh, how would you rank those five? Oh, you go first, Nuno. 
Oh my god. Um I think at the top probably I think WandaVision and Loki were my favorites. Yeah. Um and I don't know in which order. Maybe WandaVision, Loki. Um then we have Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Yeah, Moon and Knight, then Moon Knight and, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. Okay, so I'll say Moon Knight, maybe at three. Um, then Falcon and Winter Soldier, and lastly Hawkeye. I'm sorry, Hawkeye fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mind it. Um, it just compared to the others, I think that's where I'd rank them. That's fair. I would say in my like right now putting this together yeah. um uh and I'm, I, this moon night conversation is really it's definitely buffing my star rating for sure um but I would say at the top would be even I don't really remember I remember really liking Loki overall being very very good um I also liked Hawkeye a lot and then but I I wasn't so fond of Wanda I think I liked originally the original thing of Wanda of like the first how they really did that sitcom thing for the first episode maybe into the second and then I really felt Wanda lost it for me for the end I didn't care at the end in all honesty I don't really remember the fight once the witch came into it you know what I mean the other yeah. witch I was like uh, I didn't didn't care um, so that's probably at the bottom for me so I'd, let's say um, let's go with and I liked Winter Soldier too to be honest I don't remember much of it but I remember at the time really liking <laughs> the end of that series so I'm going to go Let's just throw names out there. Let's go uh, Winter Soldier, Loki, uh, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Interchangeable, three and four, and then Wanda at five. Oh, I like that. It's very different. Um, I think Loki was my favorite. Um, I liked Hawkeye second. Um, And then I'd go WandaVision. Moon Knight, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, I like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I, I just I think I liked the other ones more. I got more enjoyment watching them. Um, I think I think the reason I liked Hawkeye uh, so much is that that Kate Bishop, Yelena Belova, uh, back and forth. I mean, oh, it's great, yeah. I, out, of, out of all the characters that we've seen, like I, I think those are those are two characters that they could pluck from the shows and actually give a feature film to. Um, I mean, I know Falcon is getting his own shows. This Captain America uh, movie is Captain America Four. That's a little bit different because I mean he's become a completely different character, and he's kind of going to be the flagship now uh, of the Avengers, I would guess. But yeah, that's that's what my uh, my order would be. I really like Hawkeye. I like Christmas shows. What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> probably that, that probably would... something I'm going to watch every Christmas. It's true. I, like that's the thing. I really enjoyed Hawkeye. I like the uh, and of course having. Uh, Lawrence Pugh in it come into like I love that character. Oh, she's I awesome. Off, I was fresh off a widow at that point, and I was like I was loving her character in that, and then just to have her back in here with the same kind of vibe was just great. I thought and, like the I just yeah the whole the whole uh, joke arrows you know putting that in and like how Hawkeye's like oh god you know you know trying to stay away from that kind of you know what I mean and just yeah like, I, I just I thought they they handled that show really well for a character that is like a bow and arrow guy you know what I mean like the it. And her, the addition of her, because I, did, I hadn't read the books. Obviously, it's surprise, surprise. Dax hasn't read the comic. But Kate Bishop, <laughs> the whole Kate Bishop angle. I thought again, they, they, as far as somebody who didn't know, they, they, they once again did a great job explaining her character, her origin. You know, they just do a really good job. Like Marvel does that well. DC yeah. 
has always had the problem of not doing that well. I know they're trying, they've always tried to do it, especially once the MCU started happening, you know, once Avengers happened and they were like, oh, let's do it too. And it was like, you can't, like, you're not doing it well. Uh, they just can, Marvel continuously proves that they know how to do character development in shows or movies, in my opinion. Very few haven't worked, if any, in my opinion. Um, all right, uh, superlatives. Uh, so, uh, favorite secondary character in this show? Uh, okay. Mine would be mine would be uh, uh, Layla as the Scarlet Scarab. I agree. I wrote her down when you, right away. First thing off the top of my head was Layla, um, and not even as the Scarlet Scarab, um, I, which is one of my top moments of the her character and the costume design and all that stuff. Basically, like a female, like a Wonder Woman. Basically, yeah. um, she was great, but I liked her as like a sidekick to him. I thought she was like, and her acting was good. Like she just felt like a good character to me. No, no, I, I had Conchu. I, I guess nice. Conchu's oh, nice. secondary, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. I mean, again, uh, yeah, I, I loved uh, F. Murray Abram. Uh, the voice was great. The look was fantastic. Um, yeah, everything about him was really cool. He was the perfect dick. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like he, even when uh, when when Mark is 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 dying, like Conchu was still like just you know working him, you know, and and you know and just like oh, man, what an asshole! But yeah, great character for sure. Um, all right, so if you were going to recast uh, someone in the show, like again, it it doesn't have to be a, a top character. Um, I just I thought that uh, JB, the security guard at the uh, the museum. <laughs> um, the guy that was kind of a, a dink yeah. to Steven, I, I thought I would recast him with, uh, with Paul Shear, uh, who nice. was in the league and, uh, who's, uh, he does the podcast. How did this get made? And he also played like the dickhead page on, on 30 rock in, in a couple of episodes. So I thought he'd be perfect as a security guard. Um, I had, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I loved Ethan Hawk. Um, as, uh, as Harrow, but I was like, you know what? Okay, I haven't seen multi into I haven't seen Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness yet. And I know that the internet was all a flutter like a month or two ago when the trailer came out and people thought there was um an Iron Man like glimpse and there was rumors about Tom Cruise is gonna be uh an alternate or a, a multiverse Iron Man, superior Iron Man. I kept on seeing all this stuff in my feed. And uh, I don't know if Tom Cruise is already in the MCU, but if not, I thought, hey, he could be a good hero. A good hero. I think everyone's going to join the MCU eventually. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be in a big part or not, but um, yeah, I thought Tom Cruise has that persuasive kind of manner to him. <clears throat> Nothing to do with you know an actual cult. Um, <laughs> nice uh you know his uh status in a real world cult or anything but um <laughs> well he, he had his think, character in uh in magnolia he was like the, like yes. the speaker right so i think that was yeah, that's right yeah he was per yeah exactly i was thinking of magnolia his uh his weird like um yeah his like inspirational speaker for like uh like kind of like chauvinistic like kind of like uh angry incels <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, I think that was my pick. That's so funny. Um, so my first thought was Ethan Hawke as well. And I don't know why, like, 
and I, I, I maybe it's just because I'm seeing Ethan Hawke all of a sudden all the time through between this and uh, Northman. Like, you know, it's just all of a sudden, it's like, there's this Ethan Hawke resurgence, it feels like. Um, but uh, I don't know. So, like, maybe it was because it was so good, it annoyed me. Like, just his look, and you know, like the whole, like, hippie sandals with the, you know, and he was just annoying and his hair and he looked gross. And all. Uh, so I thought Ethan Hawke as well. He was, obviously did a great job. But I was like, okay, Ethan Hawke. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was literally like, well, in my brief seconds of writing this synopsis, uh, writing this down, I'm like, who would I change him with? Honestly, I'm going to ask the guys because I don't know who I change him with. Maybe Tom Cruise? Uh, nah, that's stupid. I'm not going to say Tom Cruise. <laughs> you, laid, you laid such a good uh, analysis for that and a reasoning for that. I am all on board. I'm, maybe we we're, 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 our brains are locked on this. Maybe it should have been Tom yeah. Cruise. I don't know. But uh, maybe yeah, that's, my, that's yeah. my take on it as well. Very good. Um, all right, top five moments uh, from the show. Uh, I'll start uh, number five. I think the the first time that uh, uh, Talorette speaks, uh, uh, that was a huge moment. Where I thought that the voice was perfect. The uh, hippo, number, right? The hippo, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, uh, the, the fight choreography with uh, uh, Layla and Stephen Grant when they're escaping the tomb. Uh, number three, um, Oscar Isaac uh, in the mental hospital where he's having that breakdown and he's jumping in between Mark and Steven. Uh, uh, number two, uh, the Scarlet Scarab uh, popping those wings for the first time. And then uh, uh, number one, that uh, the fight with uh, Moon Knight and Harrow uh, with uh, Khonshu and Amit as the giant kaijus in the background. Very good. Very good uh, choices. Uh, I'll go with, um, okay, let's say I, I wrote down five. Oh, did I only write four? One, two, three. Oh, no, I wrote four. Okay, good. I'm going right. to steal yours. I'm going to steal yours. Sure. Um, so I'm going to say number five, Hippo's ears. The Hippo. animated Hippo ears <laughs> were, were, were amazing. I loved them. They literally, every time I saw it happen, I was like, ooh, that would be fun to do. Um, and they did, and they look perfect. Uh, let's go with number four being Steven's accent. I loved it. Thought it was on point i thought his it fit his character perfectly like his slang in there was awesome like it just it felt like it was actually a dialect i was listening to i could be wrong it feels like it's very specific regional authentic accent i could be way wrong um uh number three would be uh layla's costume with the wings uh, I thought that was awesome. The whole, like, I feel like they did it better than Falcon. Sorry, buddy. But I like that, that it just felt more <laughs> cool and real. Cause I always felt like the Falcon, like, I guess they're supposed to be adamantium wings or whatever the hell they are, but like, it doesn't feel like they should be able to block the stuff they block. Whereas she's mythic or like, she's like godly powers. So it makes sense that the wings could do stuff like that anyway. I, and I thought the design of it visually was awesome. Uh, very simple, but looked very gladiator, you know, whatever. Uh, and the Moon Knight cape, the, the, the going into the moon shape all the time was was one is my number three, uh, or no, yeah, number three. Number two, I'll go with the big fight with the them and like growing in the background. I thought that was a very cool uh, sequence. I thought that was very very awesome. And my number one was the Amit design with the sweet dreads that turned into the crocodile tail. <laughs> Such a wicked wicked design. I thought it was a beautiful character design. Nice. Okay. Um- my number five um, is uh, Steven's suit. Uh, I love how, you know, Layla's telling him, summon the suit, summon the suit. Summon when the he suit. does, it's like a nice white tailored suit. Yeah, it's a great a design. Little, a yeah. little bit of like off-white accents in the lapels, kind of like Egyptian style. That mask is just killer. 
Uh, again, good. it's a visual that I fell in love with last year while reading some comics and uh, really cool. Um, number four is, uh, well, the, the cold open when we, when we see Harrow breaking the glass yeah, and uh, the whole, the whole religious self-flagellation thing. Mm-hmm. It uh, re- reminded me of um, the ending of first reformed where uh, uh, Ethan Hawke is a priest and you see him doing self-flagellation or self-harm in that. Uh, it was a, probably a, maybe a purposeful nod. Uh, who knows? Um, got three waking up in the asylum. Just mm-hmm. that moment where they're tying that into like, um, is this actually happening? Um, which is, uh, I think, a, a constant theme in the comic where the kind of different writers have tried to persuade you into thinking that maybe this is all in his head, the whole Khonshu resurrection. Um, and I got, oh, Mark's back. No, actually, I'll say the, mid, the mid-credit stinger that we talked about yep. in the limo mm-hmm. and the introduction of uh, Jake Lockley. And then number one, I gotta say Mark's backstory, like learning where Steven comes from, where Steven learns that he's actually um, not a real person. Um, and the whole child abuse mother thing was pretty heavy, but handled really well. So, Great. Yeah, that's a good that's list. Fine. That's a yeah, really, that's very good. Yeah, it's good. I agree with all that. It's very good. So uh, ratings out of five, what would you give Moon Knight as a series out of five? Dax? Well, this, uh, what, what's the term Frank always uses about like uh, buffing his rating or what's that term? When force feeding oh. or like, or like when it's like watching something will raise it the next time. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For, this discussion, yeah. yeah this, this discussion is really, uh, has made me come around on the series as a whole. And I will say, Hey, though I, I was seriously, seriously impressed with the fifth and sixth episode. So watching that today definitely helped. Um, so I did think it was a great episode, a series overall. I mean, that's besides the middle bit. Um, so I'm going to have to say, I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to go four. Would have been much higher if, if there wasn't what I felt to be the lull in, in the third and uh, fourth uh, episodes. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I, I'd give it a, a, a light four, as Frank would say. Um, you know, like it, uh, the series did have like this wave of um, like episode one was was good and episode two um you know i i, I kind of would have hoped that they would have released the first two episodes together uh like they've done in the past with uh, some other shows to to really um give us all of uh that character development right at the the start because i felt having that one week break in between those two episodes kind of hurt a little bit and three and four it did in the cairo episodes did take a little bit of a a, a dip uh but yeah like a shot like a rocket up with episode five i thought it was again like tremendous episode one of the best episodes of mcu television and uh you know like a fun episode six super rushed but uh nothing dull a lot of action um and uh i mean they really uh saved a lot of time editing that final battle out by having (laughs) it be just like uh a blackout scene uh but yeah so uh, the show ended uh, ended pretty strong so I'd give it a I'd give it a light four. Yeah, you know what? Um, all, all the points that you brought up, uh, both of you brought up, I, I agree with. Uh, that there are probably some pacing issues, um, 
And again, kind of maybe an overstuffed finale. But yeah, episodes four and five, I thought, man, just the momentum was getting so good. Um, so I, I'm also a four. Nice. Nice. We're all on the same page. So final question, do we get more Moon Knight in the future? I hope so. Yeah, I really hope it comes back. I, I, I don't know what the plans are for these um, Disney Plus series. I think some of them are just going to be like a one and done. But I, hope I, I think I think Loki is the only one that has uh, an announced second. Well, Loki and What If both have announced That's their right, yeah. second seasons. Um, I know that I'm pretty sure Oscar Isaac was just signed on for this. Uh, but I know in interviews he said that uh, this was the most fun he's ever had in his career was making the show. Was- and uh, he talked a lot about... Uh, um, in some interviews, uh, when they asked him, you know, where where is the future for Moon Knight, and and he said, uh, you know, he'd really like to explore the Midnight Suns, and you know, uh, although Moon Knight wasn't actually part of that group of uh, supernatural heroes, but you know, they are bringing Blade back. You know, I saw there's a possibility. I think that we could see Moon Knight maybe in in, in the Blade movie. Um, I know there's uh, this coming October. There's a Werewolf by Night Halloween special coming, uh, with uh, really, yeah, with uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. I think that's the actor's name. Uh, is playing Werewolf by Night, so I, maybe we'll see Moon Knight in that because that was the comic that he got his start in. Um, you know, and they've got the rights to Ghost Rider. So I mean, I know they're anxious to get Ghost Rider going, and so having, you know all those supernatural heroes, like maybe in a movie or maybe in another show, uh, I think would be really great. So I definitely like hope defenders, we get to see. The Defenders style? Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely hope that we get to see uh, more Moon Knight in the I, future. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that, like I said, episodes three and four, I would have not said this, but I mean, since like how I, well I think they wrapped it up, I would definitely be interested to see more of where they take it with the whole Jake you know, and like, what, what, where do Mark and Steven fit into all this, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like to see some more for sure. So, uh, that about does it for the show. Thanks for coming on the show guys and talking about Moon Knight. Nuno, where can uh, people find you on social media? Oh, okay. Um, best place would be on Instagram. Um, and I'm just going to confirm this. I need to <laughs> follow I, I'm terrible at social media, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, um, Mr. Noon, so that's M R N O O N underscore Mr. Noon, M R N O O N. It's uh, used to be a, per- a personal account, family stuff, but now it's pretty much just all of the uh, the comic book covers that I do. Um, that's awesome, man! And, those uh, those Archie comics covers, but that you're doing tributes to older covers like are amazing like the one that blew my mind was uh was the tribute to that flash comics cover with the two flashes that are are yeah. running to i think it's save to save iris in the original cover uh but you've got archie crouched down and and you've got uh betty and veronica who are both you know saying i'm coming to like which was just from the original cover and you've got mm-hmm. like the 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 colors of their the clothing that they wear is that is a nod to the the flash costumes amazing and then like the one like the venom cover uh the tribute uh, venom cover that you did uh from i think it was venom number one with like the red yeah. background so good like really really Thanks. awesome stuff i'm loving this cool. this and I, I just followed you back i didn't i didn't even 
wasn't even aware that you were following me, but this uh, peanuts one is wicked. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that was a lot of so, fun. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Yeah. Dax, where can they find you on social media? Um, you just go to daxgordine.com. It's got all my, my socials on there. You can click on uh, uh, any of my Instagram and all that through that. So daxgordine.com is uh, the best place to find me. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, find the show uh, on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, The Gas Band Lives. Uh, might as well plug Ball Junk Podcast while we're at it. Um, you can uh, uh, listen to our show on, on Spotify. Uh, we're now on Spotify officially. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. So make sure you uh, subscribe uh, to the show and, you know, throw us a bone and give us a five-star review. Uh, it helps us a lot. Uh, we'll be back for uh, episode four in, uh, in about a week or so. Uh, we'll be t- talking about uh, uh, winning time, um, the story of the Showtime uh, Lakers that's uh, created by Adam McKay. That's on HBO Max right now, so go watch the show. Uh, send us uh, some emails, any questions about the show as well. And uh, we'll have a different uh, uh, lineup for that show. And as we do, everyone, so and of course Nuno and Dax, uh, I'm going to throw the invite out for Ms. Marvel. Uh, oh, to yeah. you guys right now um, okay. hopefully nice. Scotty will be able to uh, join us for that one a big shout out to Scotty Young uh, we missed you on the show but uh, we'll definitely uh, get you on the next one thanks for listening to the show have a good one you can watch Mr. Rogers you can watch Three Company and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adam's family say you can watch Barney Miller and you can watch your MTV and you can watch till your eyes fall out